Hi everyone, here we are for another episode of Untangled, the podcast which aims to simplify the world of corporate compliance. For everyone who has worked in a compliance function, we will have experienced the process of developing a new policy or procedure aimed at keeping the business the right side of the compliance line. We've also likely been the recipients of training or communication about company policies from the other areas of the business and found ourselves lost in pages of indecipherable blurb. So how can we, a function whose focus is on helping people to behave in a certain way, make sure we create policies and procedures which are helpful, clear, and ultimately something that the end user will follow? On the podcast today, we have uh, Jim, Andre, and Alex. Hi, guys. Hello. So who would like to kick me off on on what the most important things are with regards to making policies something that that are not an indecipherable blurb? (laughs) Uh, so I'm, I'm happy to kick off. I think from my perspective, having worked for many years, you know, writing policies, managing policies, one of the biggest offences I've seen is where policies or processes, SOPs, etc., are written for regulators more so than for the actual users themselves. And I think if we think back to where and why we have policies and SOPs, Uh, It it goes back to way before regulators ever demanded that we have them, and that was to make sure that we have reproducible outcomes, you know, and and that's that's been the case for probably millennia. Even if you go back to, uh, you know, ancient times, people have found tablets, stone tablets carved with instructions on for entering the afterlife or, you know, for temple procedures in ancient Samaria. But the, the point being, it's all about reproducible outcomes, um, so I think that's that's where you have to start from. You have to start from making sure they're written, whether that's in hieroglyphics or other things, for the audience and for the, the people that need to follow them to attain that reproducible outcome. I think from, from my perspective, Stephanie, the, the policies in compliance are probably not the worst the organization could have. There are so many other functions that, that generate policies and SOPs and work instructions that are 45 page long and that always gets the blame. I think where the challenge comes is because compliance is often the function that is involved in enforcing those and doing investigations and reminding people to do their training. I think there is a perception that compliance is the policy driven function. I think that's to me the the biggest hurdle that needs to be overcome as you build your compliance program to make sure you you differentiate between the policies that are compliance standards and in the reality can be squeezed into one page document for a topic and then the other specific SOPs and work instructions that are perhaps more relevant in the world of quality assurance. So for me, and, and I'm not from a policy development background, I think all of you certainly know that, but, but one thing that I, I often think about is the fact that regulators and the, their existence and their reliance on policies actually sometimes, for me at least, lead to the complication of the policy content because regulators don't deal with ambiguity particularly well, whereas in everyday life we would ask questions um, and you know, we may have Q&A guidance and that sort of thing. So I, I just wondered, <laughs> it's more of a question, Stephanie, rather than an answer to your question, but does, does the existence of the regulators actually complicate the situation when it comes to policies? If I can jump in, I don't think it has to. I think if you um, ask a regulator, or indeed even an internal auditor or any other kind of function that audits against policies, they would say, we don't necessarily, you know, we want them to be clear, for the user so they can be understood and followed 
in every single way, you know, each time in a reproducible way. So I, what I have seen is people uh, within an organisation imagine what regulators want. And often if, if you ask the regulator what format, what wording, they don't care. They really don't care so long as you're able to consistently comply with the policy. And actually in that point, I would say all policies are compliance with a lowercase c you know, documents in that they, they're written for people to comply with. Um, it's just that people imagine there's a magic string of words they have to introduce into the policy or, or habits form, you know, and, and, and traditions form within industries and within compliance practices to imagine you need a certain phrase. And then that, that's the magic phrase that will protect the company and ensure compliance. But again, they've missed the point. They're not writing it anymore for the audience. They're writing it for the regulator. Absolutely. So um, thinking back to, to what Andre said, that obviously not all policies sit within the compliance function. But to your point, Alex, all policies are some in some way compliance related. Um, so let's let's take the position right now that as, as good professional, forward thinking compliance people, we, we, we know how to make a good policy, right? Um, so maybe we can help our, our colleagues who perhaps are struggling. What would be the, the sort of guidance that you would give him? How would you help the colleagues in other functions who perhaps haven't quite seen the light uh, to, to write those good policies? What tips and tricks would you use? I mean, I mean again, it's, it's almost like any clear writing, you know, avoid jargon, short, simple sentences, active voice, avoid nominalised verbs. You know, oh, hold simple on, I'm going to stop you there. Yeah, it's not a grammar lesson. So, what's Sorry. a nominalized verb? It's just a, a verb that's become a noun. So often, anything that you add "shun" to, okay, where you've taken an action and turned it into a noun. So the normalization of instead of normalize this, or you know, the distribution of, rather than just distribute. You know, again, it's just when you turn that verb into. Um, I, I should charge for this. <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean, the point being, again. Me, Broadening out from policies, if you think of standard operating procedures, there always has to be a role. You're talking about a process. Each step within that process can be assigned to a role uh, and a responsibility can be assigned. There, there is a point here. It's not just being a grammarian. It's when you do that thing, when you use passive voice or when you nominalise the verb, you, you often lose the actor. You actually lose who's meant to be doing the thing. And I've seen that in many policies and SOPs where... Because it sounds flowerier, if that's a word, and, and more sophisticated and people want to sound clever when they write these things, they actually end up making it indecipherable. I've seen an interesting trend recently, well, in the last few years, where um, other actors, whether business stakeholders or other functions or the, the users of those policies and standards, they create their own cheat sheets. Right, So they take your town 15-page policy and they remove all the jibber-jabber, and they write up five steps or five bullet points what actually they need to know or what are the actual you know, limits or process how to get from point A to point B. And that's what they actually put on their desk because that's, that's operational. I've seen one of the function in the organization converting those policies, which were, again, relatively sizable, into a three-page slide deck and that was communicated then within the function to the well to the to the people on the field, saying that's how you got uh, through HCP contracting process. So this is how you got through T and E claim, and suddenly it became easy. It became operational. It probably achieved much better 
uh, focus than the, the original document that everyone had to read and pretend they've read and understood on ELMS or something like that. And I think that's that that's a that's a in a way a tip or a trick that I would I would encourage. And I I think talking to other folks in the industry, I feel there is a trend that there is a a policy document or SOP document that we still have to put in place because there is an expectation that's what the regulator will test us against. But then people create guidance documents or playbooks is the new word where they simplify that content, condense that content to something that's easy and practical. And that other document actually becomes an operating thing, operational thing rather than the original policy that has all the legalese that, that we need to have. I don't want to get too nerdy on document hierarchy, <laughs> which means I <laughs> will get really nerdy. Anyway. Please, please exactly. do, please do. So, I mean, again, this is where within your policy on policies, let's say, which we all should have, you set out what different types of documents should achieve. So, of course, a policy is thou shalt, thou shalt not, but it's not the how. And so then the how should be the standard operating procedure. Now, if you've written a very flowery SOP, what that team has done, they've shot the puppy. <laughs> You're definitely going to have to explain that because I don't want to be held up for, you know, some breach Animal of standards. <laughs> no, well, so for shooting the puppy is, is a term I use where... You're, you're getting rid of the cute, fluffy thing that you've included in your document that adds very little value. Now, don't, you know, RSPCA or any kind of other dog charity, of course, dogs are wonderful, but you need to have that focus. And, and what those teams do is that have got your policy or SOP, they've looked through it and they've gone, all right, well, what do I need to do? What, what, what's just the steps that I need to take? And again, now... The danger is with those documents, you can't just replace your document with some, a two or three page slide deck necessarily because you do have to consider the slightly boring but very important things around version control, you know, access control, those kind of things as well that are very important in any document management system. But again, using you, you should always use test your documents anyway. So if you've got to the point where you've had no involvement with the person who's going to use your SOP, that's where you've got the problem. And that's why they have then taken your very long document and tried to condense it. That actually should have been part of the drafting and review process before it was ever released and made public. What value can the use of electronic tools be in, in developing kind of policies and procedures? Are there, you know, is, that, is that more of a help or a hindrance in, in how we manage our documents? And I think it's definitely a help because there is so much volume of information people need to digest and in other parts of our life, we're so used to have information accessible at our fingertips. So my, my take, if you have a technical capability, and now it's sometimes built in into standard office solutions, make make your policies Googleable, if that's the, the new word. Uh, what, what's he just done to that word there, Alex? God, I don't know. <laughs> Google shun. Google's a noun already, so I don't know if you've done it the other way. Uh, to make sure you can search through the whole set of compliance policies to find out by keywords what, what the person is after, right? Make those documents interactive so it's not just referring a policy and then you need to figure out where it is, does it still exist, what version is it, that it actually automatically gets linked and you can you can... Um, have that journey and see what what you what you are after so make it make it user friendly in terms of the access right because i think often policies particularly compliance policies are still those that stay on 
LMS or the portal and people receive them into their inbox, but not many will actually save them and go back to them uh, every time they have a compliance question. They would actually call a compliance manager and ask the same question again and again rather than reading the document. And I think if you want to make your policies more user-friendly and more effective, make them accessible to, to people. Maybe just building on that in terms of the accessibility. Um, you know, if you've got the team with the knowledge and skills, or indeed if you've got money and or time, then um, you, you can now start using some AI solutions as well to, to build chatbots, for example. So as long as you've indexed your policies, you know um, where all the content is. Um, some of the advanced analytics and AI um, solutions will learn from questions that get asked and they'll deliver solutions to you. You can monitor them to make sure that you're happy with the outputs. Um, and actually that can increase capacity within your teams because you're dealing with less questions and they can decide for themselves to filter to you as a person when they're unable to actually address a, qu a query. Absolutely. Even more fundamentally, when I was a lad, when I first got into the profession, I was I was walking around with paper printed. I was just thinking that yeah. I was back to those days when we were issued binders of, of printed SOPs that had uncontrolled copy written on oh, them. Oh, you had to stamp it. You needed a you know, and you'd walk around and you'd get um, people to write comments and you'd change the master version. It was a pain, absolute pain. Let alone when you got into approval and you had to walk from desk to desk to get people to sign off. And then the last, you know, middle person was on holiday, so you had to wait two weeks before they came back. So, of course, inherently, we're, we're in an, a digital age now. Electronic document management systems can massively help just with the boring tasks of getting documents reviewed properly, version controlled properly, getting them approved to the right people automatically. One of the simple tips, I think, is to use Word and the readability statistics. You know, and it, if some clever EDMS can have that built in, fantastic. But again, that's a very, you know, very simple um, tool that people can use because EDMSs have a cost. And if, you, if you're at a smaller company uh, with fewer people, you know, implementing an EDMS takes time and money, you know, managing it, and it, it maybe doesn't add the value. Maybe actually even just printing stuff off and walking around an office is, if all of you are in it is absolutely fine. So you do have to weigh that up. But um, yeah, I mean, regulators will love it because it's auditable. You know, it's, you can see who did what when. So they're, they're very useful. But uh, you do have to always make sure it's proportionate to the size of your organization. Well, the other probably thing I would say, Stephanie, in terms of technology and policies, make them iPhone and iPad or any other device friendly, right? If it's still a, a document that you can't access when, when you're scrolling through your other things, make, uh, well, it's, it's not going to be as efficient as it could be. And, and similarly, then building into training and awareness campaigns, it's much easier when you can make it there for the people when, when they need it and a bit in their face, because uh, otherwise it's just going to stay uh, somewhere on a digital shelf or, or, the, or the physical shelf. Fabulous. So some really good tips there. It's nice to know that we can all uh, be the creators of, of better policies. Uh, my takeaways then, so that we, uh, we should shoot the puppy. <laughs> uh, remove the fluff and the cuteness and, and any, anything that we don't need around these documents um, involve the end user making sure that what we're really doing is writing something for them not for the regulator and, and then not to be underestimated make it so that the end user can easily find what they need to find when they need to find it 
So thanks, everybody. Um, Great discussion. And uh, for those of you listening, join us next time for another chat about how to do compliance the untangled way. Mm